I did all of the production design, uh, which is very scary, but, uh, and all, yeah, I did the ADing, I, I, everything. Welcome to Push In, the Synodic Podcast. I'm your host, Joyce Klein, coming to you from the unceded territory of the Lekwungen speaking peoples, otherwise known as beautiful Victoria, British Columbia, Canada. If there's one person in Video Village who's got eyes on everything going on in the moment, it's the script supervisor. I'm in awe of how these unsung heroes can juggle so many simultaneous details. And maybe that's why when a veteran of 34 years as scripty on award-winning film and television shows like Juno, Tully, and When We Rise turns to her own films, the results are brilliantly thought out. Today, I can't wait to pick the brains of Stephanie Rossell, the talented writer, director, and producer of Baby Steps, a highlight of this year's Short Circuit Pacific Rim Film Festival. So welcome to Push In, Stephanie. Thank you. Scene one. You have a 34-year career as a script supervisor on major commercial productions. And I recently worked on a short where the director said, nope, don't want a scripty. And I really noticed the lack. Do filmmakers on a minuscule budget really need a scripty? I would say yes. A script supervisor can save you so much time and energy, especially in editing. You know, a lot of times I think what a script supervisor does is not apparent on a set. It looks like, you know, we're just sitting there taking notes. But we are the only other person on a production that knows the script because it's continually changing. And the only people who know that are the script supervisor and the director because they have the whole story and they know what changes have been made to it. So a director could really use a script supervisor as a sounding board, just in terms of the overall picture, but also somebody who's got your back on the technical aspects of filmmaking, the 180 degree rule, whether there were overlaps in dialogue, whether a line wasn't said correct, whether somebody should have their umbrella with them because the next cut, the umbrella is up in the air and there would be no logical reason why it's not there, all of those things. And then all of the notes that go to the editor and it makes it so much easier for you if you're editing yourself or your editor to edit. Scene two. Is there a part of the film that feels especially personal to you? What really resonated for me was this little boy who is forgotten or lost. You know, and I, I want to say that his parents, I don't believe that they intentionally neglect. I, I believe that they are not present or healthy in their lives. They're living out their own toxic behaviors. And so this little guy is just left to his own devices and neglect. And I think he always has this spirit inside him, this little pebble that tells him that he is enough and that he is great and that he has the spirit of a lion. And when he gets into trouble as a teenager, he loses that, but then finds it again and has the courage to step on and keep going and has the courage to change his life for, for his own potential. So I think that's what I wanted to resonate above all else is that that anyone can find their spirit again and rise above and become the potential that they were always meant to be. I was especially impressed with your casting because the child, adolescent, and adult versions of your protagonist were completely physically believable as the same person. 
I auditioned quite a few young Dylans and Donovan Neal, who played the young Dylan, was just so incredible that I looked for cast around that. And that was actually quite difficult because the adult Dylan, there were quite a few people who auditioned for that. And one gent who auditioned, I just loved. I thought he was amazing, but he didn't look anything like Donovan. He was the absolute opposite of what Donovan looked like. And I just thought, oh, I can't, I can't do that. It has to be the same. So the adult Dylan is actually my nephew, who's not an actor at all. No. Um, but he looked, he looks exactly like Donovan. So it, I, I asked him if he would be willing to help me out and do this. And he did. There's a lot of really disturbing, dysfunctional behavior from the adults surrounding your child protagonist. How did you handle shooting this with the child? We protected the children. So the children, uh, like Donovan, was not in the room um, when Allison uh, Leet, who, who plays the mother, was yelling at him. She, uh, she just um, uh, acted to it next beside the camera. Uh, so we really, we kind of really quite protected them in terms of what it was about. I was straightforward with Donovan with his parents, you know, saying that what this story was about, but the circumstances in which we... Uh, created for the emotion and the performance to come out were everyday things like, you know, if you're in school and you see someone bullying someone else and you can't help them, what does that feel like? What is that feeling like? And that would bring out the same feelings as, as a little boy watching his mother and father fight you know, those kinds of things. So that's the way we we went about it. The same with him making his own sandwiches and all that stuff. We talked about, you know, loneliness, but in loneliness in terms that, that was in a safe place, but gave me the same kind of emotional feeling that I required for the film. What was your budget? My budget was $2,000, which Woo. I, yeah. Uh, so it was a grant that I won. So it was sponsored by Cine Central, uh, City of Nanaimo, and Shaw Spotlight. And I could spend that any way that I required for the film. So what I ended up doing was giving honorariums to all the cast and crew. So I actually only had $1,000. So we were quite lean on equipment. And I did all of the production design, uh, which is very scary. But uh, And all yeah, I did the ADing, I, everything. Scene three. When you actually saw your film on the big screen after seeing it in the tiny little computer screen while you're editing, how did that feel? What did you think? First of all, it's, it's, it's very exciting. It's both terrifying and exciting to see your work on the big screen. It is amazing. <laughs> and uh, you can see how some things telegraph so much better than they do on the computer and look better. You know, if something's really shaky on a, on a computer, you can, you know, it looks okay. I think it's, it's passable. But on a huge screen, it can look like an earthquake is happening. So it's kind of an interesting thing to see your work up there. And of course, now I see things that cuts or certain things that I would love to change. But uh, that's also just an evolution as a filmmaker. I think, you know, once you've finished it, you, you tend to look back and say, oh, I could have done that a little different. Oh, this could have been better. And that's great because that just means growth, that you're, you're moving forward to your next project. Scene four. You're in lovely Courtney, which isn't exactly a giant metropolitan hub. Is there a help or a hindrance in 
living in a smaller place? When I first moved up here, I, I looked for my, my people, <laughs> my film people right away. And I found um, a group of ladies who own a Sika stage and screen and they, they were great um, right away. We had, uh, I had a connection with them. It is more difficult up here. I will say that it, it was hard. It's hard to find camera people. It's very hard to find gear very hard to find gear as well as um sound we're, we're really we wish that a sound mixer would move up here <laughs> that would be great but with with missing those things what we do have is a community that's incredibly supportive from you know the shop owners to the hospital uh where i did some shots from baby steps in all the way down to actors and uh, the local theater scene. Um, Courtney Little Theater has been incredibly uh, helpful for us, uh, you know, in, in terms of props and things like that. So as a community, we're, we're really ready and willing and raring to have film up here. What we require is some equipment and, um, and some expertise, I think. Stephanie, it was a pleasure chatting with you today. And thanks for joining us. Thank you. Tail Slate. You can watch Baby Steps online from May 8th through 31st as part of Cinevic's 10th annual Short Circuit Pacific Rim Film Festival, where it will be one of 50 great short films from Canada, the U.S., Singapore, New Zealand, Taiwan, Australia, and more. We've posted a link in the show notes if you want to buy tickets. And that's a wrap. Join me, your host, Joyce Klein, for the next episode of Push In, the Cinevic Podcast. <laughs>